0: literary slummers to the inaugural episode of Shelf Aware. (laughs) I am one of your hosts, Anna.
1: And I'm the other of your hosts, Em. This fortnight on Shelf Aware, we are starting our unit on new adult fiction, uh, which we are kicking off with the 2019 E.L. James novel, The Mister, which is the tale of a Man who falls in love with his sex-trafficked housekeeper. But before we get into all of that, (laughs) let's get into uh, the new adult genre in general. And Anna, your feelings and thoughts towards it. Yes,
0: I, um, I have never really read a ton of new adult fiction. Or I guess like what would be considered new adult fiction. Because I definitely read books that... Mm-hmm. star characters that are this age but I tend to think of the new adult genre as something that is a little more recent and um mm-hmm. a little bit and I know this is probably stereotyping it, and I'm sure there are books out there that aren't like this but are more kind of like thriller like romantic suspense heavy and sex heavy books Mm. which i'm sure Mm. there are tons of new adult books that are out there that aren't like that but um that's just kind of always been my impression of the genre and i've always just kind of reached more towards um adult fiction or ya fiction like i don't know books where i can either uh think about how Great, it is. I'm not that old yet, or think about how much I regret not doing when I was younger.
1: (laughs) So, you don't want to be confronted with the reality of now. Yes, exactly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm reading fiction, damn it, not (laughs) nonfiction.
1: I think technically, and we're gonna get into this next fortnight, but uh, it's a newer genre to be sure, mm-hmm. and it's not very well defined. I think there's a lot of contention about what is and isn't new adult. Mm-hmm. The primary kind of thing is, like you said, the age of the characters. Mm -hmm. uh generally it's pretty much 20s right like it's like people in their 20s is pretty much what wow so
0: dang I guess I'm not new adult anymore so I can feel free to read these books yeah you've
1: aged out of new adult great uh
0: So now you, now's the perfect time to get
1: into new adult. You're
0: right. Let go of YA, lean into new adult. <laughs> you can
1: look back on the follies of these youth and laugh, <laughs> laugh at them.
0: Oh boy, I'm glad I'm not in my 20s anymore. I got all my shit together as soon as I hit 30. It feels great.
1: <laughs> uh, I am still in my 20s and I have read, I think, a fair bit of new adult. Actually, because I'm getting kind of the info together for um the next episode we do on uh-huh. this I think I've actually read more new adult than I thought I had uh-huh um, and again it's difficult because it's a newer genre and a lot of it is marketing and a lot of stuff could be new adult but the publishers have decided to not market that way yeah. market it that way
0: yeah so like my exposure to the genre I guess would be Anatod, which gross um mm-hmm, yeah Colleen Hoover which I've heard mixed things about I've heard more negative than positive things so I've kind of like stayed away and then mm. Sarah J Moss Have you, but so you haven't
1: read any Colleen no Hoover.
0: I guess like that's like what okay. I think of I guess not my exposure but yes yeah, yeah, so I haven't read it and then away. Sarah J Moss which is like to me is just right. more of a fantasy in general as opposed to specifically new yeah. adult which might be unfair to the genre but That's how I categorize it in my mind.
1: There's a lot of crossover, I think, between new adult and romance, which I've read a decent amount of. Um, And again, like just kind of not, it's not necessarily something I seek out, but I Mm -hmm. have, as I've been looking at like lists of new adult authors, I'm like, oh yeah, I read them all the time.
0: Yeah, I know you Um, love your Anna Todd. I've seen your shelves. Oh, yeah,
1: me and Anna Todd go way, way back. <laughs> But this book, uh, E.L. James' is The Mister, is technically a new adult book. Um, I'm not sure if it's really marketed that way or not, but it's filed as such under Goodreads. And it, it certainly has some of the genre characteristics. The characters are all in their 20s, and yeah.
0: I think it had a little bit of that coming to age feel, which is also like a genre I mm. don't like for future units, mm. I suppose. I don't like coming-of-age stories. I'm sorry. At least not see, contemporary I didn't ones. catch that that much. Not like a true coming-of-age story, but coming-of-age in the sense of, like, coming into one's own sense mm. of self or, like, you know, growing yeah, up. I just, yeah. I don't like that theme of, like, here's a book about me being an adult now, I guess. I don't Getting know.
1: Getting my shit together.
0: Yeah. I
1: didn't really get that very much from this book just because, and I, I now that you say that, I see mm-hmm. it the with the main character but i was so uninterested in the main character in general that i kind of like glossed over any sort of character arc and growth oh my god it's he was annoying he was very annoying yes um so we're kind of dancing around it first impressions of this book just without giving away too many spoilers uh what are your what are your thoughts what are your feelings i thought
0: okay having not read an entire 50 shades book and only having read excerpts of it i feel Mm -hmm. like Her writing has improved, but not enough to be good. Mm -hmm. And I also Mm -hmm. feel like this was a 200 page book tops fleshed out into somehow being 500 pages long. And it was Mm. so repetitive. Mm.
1: Yes, I super agree about the writing. I also haven't read a full Fifty Shades book. Like I think I mentioned before, I've seen the first movie and I've read excerpts there was like a couple things that stuck out where I was like that's very funny writing but like in general I was like this is pretty I didn't even think it was bad necessarily I just thought it was pretty like bog standard romance novelist type writing I'm not trying to like diss this book or romance novelist novels no romance
0: is a good genre yeah it's
1: just this wasn't I was not impressed impressed by it but I wasn't horrified by it so I was like oh this is fine yes
0: is how I felt
1: and as to the length I absolutely agree it was way too long I think though like you could make the argument that there was just a lot of fluff that could be cut I think you could also make the argument that it should have ended about 150 pages earlier yes because there is a very clear end of the book that could have been the end of the book and then, like, that could have just been the end. But then we had to do, like, a whole nother plot. And I was like, we why are we... a whole
0: nother act.
1: <laughs> What's happening? Yes, exactly.
0: I just found her repeating herself so often in this book. I think it just needed mm-hmm. an editor who could have been a little bit more aggressive and being like, you said that already. You said that already. We get it. You've characterized that already. You don't need to beat a dead horse here.
1: Yeah. I think also there was a lot of description of shit that I did not need description Oh, my of, God, yes. I was just like, I... Do not care what brand the piano is. I don't care what brand the second piano is.
0: There's <laughs> like, like, why and are there's, we doing this? There's, like, a couple times at the end where it's supposed to be, like, really tense and the main character is like, I stopped to post some pictures on my Instagram feed. I'm like, who gives a shit? Like, the last 150, again, the last 150
1: pages especially, it was so fucking jarring the difference in, and I think this was the other, like, if I had a big problem with the content of the book, this was it. That it was very jarring, the difference in situation mm-hmm. between the two characters. Because as the perspective flipped back and forth, I was just like... I hated it. You guys are in very different situations right now. And the tension is not equal Correct. in those situations.
0: Yes. It was done very <laughs> poorly. It was kind of like... and. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe I'm just bringing this up because of her past history with Fifty Shades of Grey. But it was kind of like when someone mm-hmm. is writing a fan fiction and then they abandon it and come <laughs> back like five years later and they're like, oh, I'll just spit out an ending now. My writing style is like kind of different mm-hmm. and I don't really have the flow of the story anymore. But here's an ending for all of you people who've had this bookmarked for five years. That's kind of how I felt this book was. <laughs>
1: the oh, end. man. Yeah, I... I could kind of was doing the comparison that I kept comparing this to 50 shades, even though I have not read 50 shades, but yeah. I was like, Oh, well this is, this is different. Oh, this seems like it's the same. Oh, I wonder if like the, you know, mm-hmm. I was like, I, I kind of want to go read 50 shades now, but I definitely don't want to go read it. 50 don't shades. But yeah, would, who would you recommend this book for? If anyone? Oh gosh. I don't wow, know. That was catty. Who would you recommend this book
0: for? Um, If you liked Fifty Shades of Grey, you would probably like some aspects of this book. I mean, I guess it depends on why you like Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, I honestly don't know. This book, to me, is very hard to recommend because I feel like there are different things in here that different people would find offensive, but maybe not everyone would find the whole picture offensive all the time. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, maybe if you are not a picky reader and you are really you read a ton of books and just like to read to be reading it's a quick read for the 500 pages long that it is and there are some sex scenes so you're getting sex on the page i don't know man
1: (laughs) here's the thing i I mentioned this to you in text before we recorded i don't know who this book is supposed to be for and you were like oh it's for Mm -hmm. horny housewives essentially like Mm -hmm. horny middle-aged housewives and like I get that that's her brand uh-huh. from Fifty Shades, but I feel like this is the album that a band drops, and all of the fans are like, "What the fuck is this?" Because, yeah. Spoiler alert: it has no BDSM in it. So if that's what you were here for, there's no BDSM. So, yes. Like, what's yeah. even the point? But it was also, very
0: tame. Like, yes. well, we'll get into that when we get into this.
1: But also the the perspective, and I said this: I said like it's from the perspective, primarily of the dude, uh-huh. like. I don't just mean that it's more is written from the dude's perspective than the girl's perspective. The dude his parts are in first person. The woman's parts are in third person. You are removed from the woman. The mm-hmm. Guy, I think, I, I feel like I can make this argument having finished the whole book now. I wasn't sure at the time that I texted you. When you read a romance novel, certain romance novels, especially romance novels from the 80s, and that was kind of the vibe of this book. Yes, um,
0: very old-fashioned
1: right. romance. Right, but generally, the woman is kind of a blank slate on which you can project yourself.
0: Mm-hmm. And the
1: man is hot and amazing and wonderful and whatever. That is not the case in this book. The man is, like, he's an asshole for the first part of the book, and then he's nothing. He has no character at all for the majority of the book outside of being in love with the other character. So he's the blank slate character that you are to project yourself onto, Mm -hmm. which was great for me as a bisexual woman because the lady character (laughs) was great, loved her. But I can't imagine that 50-year-old horny housewives who were trying to get their uh, engines wrapped up for their husband are going to like this book like I don't think it because yeah you're not attracted to him you're attracted to her that's the whole plot of the book like and you were like oh well they want to imagine him wanting them like that I'm like but she's not enough of a blank slate for that to be the case because she yeah, has she's a very, got a personality she's got a very distinct it's kind of all over the place but she has a personality he does have a personality yeah he is the viewpoint character for all of us and I just don't understand. Ew, this was it's to be very more.
0: strange
1: so i actually think i would recommend it to people who have no association with 50 shades of gray who have never read 50 shades of gray um and yes. are just kind of romance fans because if you completely <laughs> dissociate this from 50 shades it's fine it's a fine romance novel it's i don't know if it's a romance novel i'd want to spend 500 pages on but it's fine
0: yeah but even then i want to say like the traditional romance novel, like you said, would have ended at that point where I think that we're both thinking mm-hmm. the exact same spot where it should have ended. And then yes. it's kind of becomes this like thriller and completely jumps the rails on genre. So see, but I, I don't know. I think that's a little bit more common now. Is it? Because I
1: there are a few other romance novels I'm thinking of that have more of a plot to them uh, or not even more of a plot because mm-hmm. that's uns because falling in love can be a plot. Um, but more of a, we have to do something big and heroic sort of plot, and I think sometimes it really, really works. I don't know that it works in this case, um, but
0: you know what, this, this book happened. reminded me a lot of in the end is um, the Amber Room, like
1: yeah, just that whole
0: feeling of now we're going to go to a bunch of different countries and we're not mm-hmm. really going to mm-hmm. talk a lot about it, and they're all going to be kind of bland and. Yeah. The, I don't know. Weird romance thing is still going on. I, yeah, it just reminded me a lot of that. And I did.
1: It was like a weird tour. Yes. Of Europe yeah. that I didn't ask for in this book. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. Maybe that could be another thing. If you're into, I guess, like a Disney's Epcot version of Europe, like mm-hmm. that level of immersiveness. Yeah. Oh, I went to the France Pavilion in Epcot that's basically the same as going to France. Like, that's this book. Yeah. Like, the end of this book. It's like, well, I've pretty much been to Croatia now, I guess.
0: In the trunk of a (laughs) car, at least.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Spoilers, spoilers.
0: Spoilers. Can't get there yet. So, I guess we should get into the actual plot of this book.
1: Yes. So, now would be the time if us talking about this has made you want to read the book now would be the time to pause for 501 pages and go read it and come back to us
0: on yeah. the other side.
1: We'll see you then. For the rest or, of you, know, of you come like, along. At whatever with us. point
0: you become tired of reading the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just want to see
1: what happens and let come,
0: come yes. tune in. We're here to provide that service. <laughs> okay. So, Maxim is a rich boy whose brother Maxim. has just died in a motorcycle accident and he has inherited the title of Earl of Trevithick? Trev trave thick? I'm so glad
1: you've brought this up already because I have a game prepared.
0: <laughs> Excellent.
1: <laughs> so put your notes away for a second because as I was reading this novel, when these names got dropped, these titles and names of places and such, I was like, uh-huh. man, these sound made up and they are um yes. specifically they sound the sort of made up that sounds like it was made up in the 1980s for a 1980 fantasy book or movie so I have a game in which I'm going to tell you things from either this novel or a piece of 1980s fantasy media and you have to tell me if it is from this novel or 1980s oh fantasy media
0: okay let's see how closely I read
1: um so first one this one should be easy thick.
0: oh <laughs> Mmm, 1990s fantasy novel surely no I know it's from this one I just said it
1: yes <laughs> <laughs> all right number two Grathwol.
0: can you sp- how many apostrophes are in it
1: <laughs> uh no apostrophes dang it g-r-a-t-h-w-o-l grathwol
0: I'm gonna go with the fantasy novel
1: you're correct that is the name of the archon of the weirds of Glenn Wilding in Patricia C. Reed's Shadow Magic from 1982
0: Excellent. Okay.
1: Nelwyn. 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 Does it start with a G? It starts with an N, but there is a Y in it.
0: Ooh, I think that's from this book.
1: Incorrect. That is the name of the race of dwarvish people in the
0: 1988 film Willow. Damn
1: it! <gasps> All right, number four. Angwin. A N G W I N. Angwin. Angwin.
0: Angwin. Angwin. Okay, I'm just going to default. Is that to this book? Is that from
1: this book? That is from this book. That okay. is the house owned oh by this gosh. dipshit. Um, Ingury. Ingury? Ingury or Ingury. I
0: don't remember. <sighs> okay, is it from 1980s fantasy?
1: It is. It is The Fictional Kingdom from Howl's Moving Castle by Diana Wynne Jones. Oh, whew.
0: Okay. Tresillian. That's from
1: this book. Uh, that's a trick question. It is both Tresillian Hall in this dumb book and Lord Jack Tresillian... In the 1986 Infocom game Moon Mist. <laughs> excellent, excellent. All right, last one. okay <laughs> This is multiple choice. Of these three, which of these is an estate owned by the jackass in this book? Aruk,
0: Teok, or Thesk? I think it's <laughs> the middle one. You're correct. It is Tia. I remember that weird ass name. rook is a kingdom in the 1982
1: movie *The Beastmaster*, and Thesk is a region in D&D. Nice.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! But see how well they all blend together? Like, <laughs> yeah, they all sound like nonsense. Oh my gosh. Like, I know you have to try really hard to not accidentally name it after something real. Just
1: put, but don't I put don't those know. details in. Yeah. Why did you have to name all these houses that he owns? Just don't say that. Yeah. Just be like, oh, the house I own in in Oxfordshire. Like, cool, you don't need to tell us the name of the house.
0: Do you like they used to do in books where they would just put the first, the first letter and then a line mm-hmm. to indicate mm-hmm. that there was more? The old Austin like,
1: Dash? Yes, yeah.
0: yes, do that. Bring that back. (laughs) (laughs) So he's the Earl of Trevethick, Trevethick, Trevethick. Who knows? There's no pronunciation guide. And most recently, Maxim has slept with his best friend, Caroline, who is also his brother's widow, who just died, like, two days ago. And he regrets this decision, but also he sleeps around a lot, so he kind of rationalizes it as just being... I guess I don't know it was very off-putting he had se- like in the first two or three chapters I think he had sex with like six different women which I mean whatever I don't know
1: <laughs> again it's like who is this book for like, exactly who, who is this for like <laughs> I get that that's a that is a very again I keep saying stuff is 80s because it is like but that is a yes. very 80s romance novel Trope, right? Of the hero who has betted oh so many women until he finds the right he's a woman. rake, yes. And the woman who is so virginal and pure spoiler alert that will apply to the woman in this book, yes. But yeah, it's just like I thought we all agreed that was gross and we were done with that, but I guess E.L. James isn't. I don't know,
0: nope, nope. <laughs> Which, you know, if this was based off of Twilight fanfiction, then mm-hmm. maybe just Edward was really old fashioned still. I don't know, man.
1: No, that's the actual. Okay, like, not to, you know, reveal how much of a Twilight nerd I used to be, but in Twilight, Edward's a virgin. Like, that's a major Oh! Plot point. Yeah, that's a whole thing.
0: Role reversal?
1: <laughs> No, because she's a virgin too. Everyone's a virgin. It's just because um, Stephanie Meyer is a huge Mormon, and she, you know, doesn't believe in sex before marriage. So
0: forgot about that.
1: Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> never forget <laughs> that Stephanie Meyer is a huge Mormon. <laughs> it's very important.
0: Uh, Alessia, Alessia, uh, again.
1: I, I was reading it, Alessia, but
0: Alessia. Yeah. That sounds better. Alicia is his daily, which is basically a person who comes and cleans his flat for him every few days or so. I don't think it was every day, but um, Mm. yeah. So they refer to, they refer to her as his daily and they fall in love because they are both physically attracted to each other. And also Alicia is good at the piano because she has synesthesia, which allows her to see musical notes as color. And this ability somehow grants her the power to immediately memorize any piece of music that she has yeah, played or seen played or heard. I don't know, man. She's a prod- prodigy. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I
1: mean, I don't know a lot about synesthesia. Um, uh-huh. but And I'm I could be totally talking on my ass on this. I could be wrong. But to me, the explanation given does not make sense. Of, like, oh, I see them as colors, so I just remember the colors, and then I play it instantly. Because if that were the that case, seems I to look at the fucking Mona Lisa, and then just paint the Mona Lisa because I know the colors. Like, that yes. doesn't make sense.
0: It seems like it would be harder to learn it that way. But again, I don't yes. have synesthesia, so who knows?
1: I had a friend in high school who tried to convince me he had synesthesia, Um, Uh because he saw words that were misspelled in red. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure you just have spell check on.
0: (laughs) Amazing. Well, now look, see, I just did a quick Google. This person says I've used my synesthesia um, to my advantage in memorization. Some people are able to learn over 23 languages because of the gift uh learn lyrics of a song backwards just to prove i would memorized the words and their orders thanks to the colors i perceive them in hmm yeah may i guess it's a thing
1: i guess it's a thing
0: wow aren't we goofs now
1: don't we look foolish egg on our face
0: <laughs> yep <laughs> anyway <laughs> Alicia's in a spot of bother because she is not in the country legally. And this bit of backstory on Alicia is very painfully slowly dragged out for the first, mm-hmm. like, 380 pages of the book, perhaps. Uh, but what it boils right. down to is uh, Alicia is betrothed to marry a man in Albania. Because she's from Albania. I don't know if I mentioned that. She's from Albania. She's betrothed to marry a man who is very violent um and who's very jealous of the attention she receives for playing the piano so well that he threatens to break all her fingers and so her mother plans to get alicia out of this marriage by having her leave the country altogether and she's basically smuggled to england by two men she and her mother thought they could trust but it turns out they were actually human traffickers and she managed to escape by running away when they were distracted and these two men are still after her because she caused them to lose a lot of money when she escaped.
1: So essentially, E.L. James, after publishing Fifty Shades of Grey and getting basically all of the backlash in the world about how she was writing a novel, or she wrote a novel that like didn't understand consent, didn't understand BDSM, was bad, was not good, was not sex positive. She was like, I know what will fix this. <laughs> I'll write about a woman who is the victim of human trafficking.
0: Yeah, sounds like a good move. What?
1: I'm really glad there isn't BDSM in this one because, like, it was already such, like, problematic, like, power structures. And to her credit, I think she handled it as well as you can handle a book about a victim of human trafficking in a sex book. Like, I'm glad that, you know, we didn't get any terrible sex scenes that were part of that life or anything like that. Like, good.
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I guess it's she. Like, she wasn't ever forced to have to be a sex worker, but right. like, she talks about how she escaped, but then like all these other girls didn't, and mm-hmm. she's like constant reflecting, and on, that
1: like, never gets resolved.
0: Exactly, which I'm like, wow, cool. <laughs> like, Glad I have to think about that now. Fuck
1: Blorinya, I guess <laughs> that 17 year old you told us about. <laughs> several times. Right. I would like to point out, cause, okay. So like I said, you know, she handles the consent issue. Well, I think in that Mm -hmm. they many times talk about, you know, like, Oh, you don't have to do this. You're allowed to leave whenever you want. Like, I'm still going to help you even if you don't make out with me or whatever. Like Mm -hmm. she puts in a good faith effort to make it less creepy that this is a man dating his servant.
0: Yes. However, I would
1: like to point out there is a passage in this book in which, um, I see, I forgot this dude's name because he just doesn't matter at Maxim? all. Maxim? Maxim. And he's like talking about his first hookup with Caroline when he was like 13 or something. And yeah. they got caught, and then his dad took him to oh my God. a high class brothel.
0: Like, the, yes. the book never, never brings that like up or makes that And he never feels, like, sad point. or, like, embarrassed by that. He's, like, proud of it. And I'm not saying that, like, all
1: women who are in sex work are trafficked, but, like, I think that if your novel is about a woman who was trafficked for sex work purposes, you should probably be very careful about bringing up other sex workers. Like, and... and yes. Like, having your other main character partake in those services. Like, you need to do a little bit more ground covering to make it clear that that is a different situation than this situation, or make him realize that there may be similarities in those situations, and he needs to deal with that. Like, because as it is, it's just kind of, again, really reinforcing that these people are from very different worlds. Like
0: Their whole... Their views on sex, I don't think... To me, wherever – I I don't know how to phrase this. There are many times in this book where Maxim acknowledges that he is very wrong for having these thoughts about her. And he calls himself a fucking pervert. And he also makes comments about how it is such hard work to break in a virgin – Mm -hmm. And I just, these feelings of like, I don't know, they they just never get resolved in a clean way. Like, I never feel like Maxim ever feels um, apologetic for his previous views. Like, I don't think he learned anything. Just that he got lucky in this one instance where when he thought with his dick, she Mm. also like was thinking with her dick
1: i I mean there's also the scene in which uh (laughs) he notices that she's wearing like a a school sweater because it's like a hand-me-down from the kid that she lives with Uh who's a giant and she's tiny or whatever um and he's like oh how old are you and she's like i'm 23 and he thinks old enough good
0: i don't know dude he's very uh even like after they they are kind of in a more established relationship he still refers to her as his daily and he still says like i'm fucking my daily i'm fucking this woman that works for me that i pay like he never does anything to alleviate that situation that power dynamic right it just keeps going
1: he eventually does like say like oh you're my girlfriend now and he's like you want to live with me and she's like i want to keep cleaning for you um, and I want you to keep paying me because otherwise I would be a kept woman. And I'm like, okay, well that's okay. Whatever. But um, again, this gets to my point of like, who the fuck is this book for? Because they like, I don't know the kink of man. I really hope that I can one day find a man who's really good at fucking and also lets me clean his apartment. Like I don't, that's not a fetish any human has ever had. I think. Yeah. <laughs> like the the boss uh employee thing is like a kink that some people are into. I'm not really, but I at least get that. But like the specifically boss and housemaid thing, I feel like that's such if that's an anyone if anybody's into that it's almost all dudes, right? Or it's yeah. who, or I should say it's well, whoever is the boss right i don't think there are that many women who are getting off on specific well maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong about this maybe this is the second time that there's egg on my face
0: (laughs) i don't know it's It's like an eggy
1: mess
0: (laughs) it's like a weird cinderella thing i guess right like here she is like literally sweeping up his cinders No, no, no
1: no 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 it's not a cinderella thing though because cinderella that story is I am working for a mean person, I will go find a nice person to fuck it's, me out of that. And this is yeah, I am no, working it's like for a, a nice too close person. to
0: the situation, Cinderella. <laughs> it's like a it's like a incestuous Cinderella. You didn't go far enough out of your Cinderella situation. It's like Cinderella if Cinderella wanted to fuck her stepmother. Like Yes, exactly. That's not It's, it's a weird Cinderella.
1: Actually, now that I've said that, no, I'm kidding. <laughs>
0: oh god oh, anyway Jesus. so they're just sharing these lustful glances with each other and all of maxim's friends can see that he interacts with alicia differently than then he does other women and blah, blah 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 anyway it all goes to shit when the two human traffickers discover where alicia is working and they come banging on maxim's door which very sadly interrupts their first kiss um, <laughs> of course These guys pretend to be from immigration services, but they do a very poor job of it because they don't even get the name of the department correct. Maxim's like, there is no immigration services here in the UK. We call it something else. Uh, (laughs) So he tells them to come back with a warrant or he'll call the police and they run away. Um, And he's like, ooh, good. I, I scared them off. But Alicia has already snuck out of Maxim's flat and runs back to the place where she's staying with a family friend. Maxim panics and goes chasing after her, and you think this is going to be like really intense, like high octane chase scene. But now nah, he finds her; it's fine. She gets off a train and he hugs her. He's like, "Oh, thank it's god!" It's also the
1: same. It's the same chase scene as later, just in smaller scale. It's he knows she's going to a place, so he uses his money to get to that place faster. Exactly. And then she shows up, and he's like, "Hey, I'm here already." <laughs> it's all uh, fine money fixed it Like,
0: yeah yeah it, i don't know it was everything in this book that was set up to be a problem is like instantly cleared up as soon as it all comes to a head and then it was like why did i spend all this time worrying about this whatever <laughs> so we find out that these men have been harassing the family friend that alicia has been staying with and so he decides he needs to take Alicia out of the city so the men can't track her down and also leaves one of his best friends in charge of keeping 24-7 security on the friend's house uh, until the friend moves to Canada, which is a detail about that character you didn't need to know because it doesn't matter at all. <laughs>
1: Right. Much like most of this book. Just unnecessary details everywhere. Everywhere. I think think we got, like, within the first... I know this is backtracking a bit, but I think in the first, like, three or four chapters, we got two separate, like, page-long descriptions of Maxim's apartment because we got it from Maxim's point of view and from um alicia's Alicia's point of view Mm -hmm. and it was like extra bizarre because both of them had been there before so it wasn't like they were walking in and seeing it for the first time and by the second time we the reader were not seeing it for the first time because we already got the description (laughs) from the other person
0: yeah it's so unnecessary
1: so many i don't know of any time that i need a room described to me honestly like maybe that's just my preferences as a reader But pretty much, if you're like, oh, they walked into the room, I'm like, cool. If you maybe throw out, like, it was a really nice room, I'll be like, cool, they're rich. Like, or if you're like, oh, it was a shabby room, I'm like, got it, they're poor. I don't need you to, like, describe the artwork on the walls. Like, it's cool. I feel
0: like if you describe the character well enough, you can get an idea of what their home would be like without you having to explain it in painstaking detail every time we enter the room. It's
1: almost like she wanted to describe the room so that she didn't have to describe Maxim. Like, kind of. Very true. Yeah, you know, like, I couldn't even tell Maxim's you what color character. hair he has. <laughs> oh, my God. I don't think I can either. My instinct is
0: blonde, but I don't know if that's correct. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe that's just because I'm imagining Draco Malfoy, but I don't Maybe.
1: know. <laughs> the only characteristic I remember of Maxim, besides he's very mean to women, um, uh-huh. except for Alicia, is that – and it's a very delightful detail – When he was a child, he wanted to go on the river bus and his mom never took him and he's salty about it. (laughs) Still. Because I read that and first off, I don't know what a river bus is
0: and I don't want anyone to tell me because it can't possibly compete with the whimsical version in my head. It's just the magic school bus with these big rain barrels tied to the side so it can float.
1: (laughs) Every time he mentioned wanting something or like being sad about something in my head, I added because of the river bus.
0: (laughs) Because Mammy wouldn't take me on the river bus.
1: Right, exactly. This is is another thing. I had very distinct voices in my head for these characters, and for Maxim, it was essentially that, the voice you just did. Um, (laughs) But for Alicia, because... I want you to touch
0: my dick, Alicia.
1: (laughs) Before we get into, like... More of Alicia, kind of her defining thing is that she's into uh, Maxim. Uh-huh. So, like, my voice for her. So she keeps saying, she keeps referring to how much she likes Maxim and how hot Maxim is, but, of course, she doesn't call him by his name. She calls him the title of the book, The Mister. And the problem with the that mister. is that's a word that I, <laughs> I primarily associate with newsies.
0: <laughs> oh, no.
1: <laughs> so, like, it was like, hey, mister, want to buy a paper? Like, that was the voice oh, that I miss- had going for. Hey, me mister! <laughs> hey, mister!
0: Mister! I really want to touch your dick, mister! <laughs> I, mister, touch hey, my boobies. I was trafficked for sex, mister! <laughs> hey, mister! My story's too sad
1: for this book! I lost <laughs> it a little bit on that one. We're just gonna gloss oh. over the whole thing, mister! We're not going to get into the intricacies of the human trafficking and uh, human rights violations that come with it. It's fine, because I was saved by you, mister.
0: Mutual, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, I got into that a little bit, too. Oh, man. But yeah, so that was was my version of this book, A River Bus Obsessed Small Posh Child and His (laughs) Sex-Trafficked Newsy Girlfriend.
0: Oh my god. I'd read that. Gotta find your own fun. You know what? I'd watch that film adaptation. Right? (laughs) Uh, Maxim takes Alicia to the countryside, to a village that belongs to his family and his family home. But this is very important. He doesn't mention to her yet that he's an Earl. For various reasons, most of them is because he just can't be bothered.
1: (laughs) I mean, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, it's like he doesn't want her to um want him for his money but it's like like she already knows knows you're richer than her (laughs) that wasn't you you're her employer (laughs) like you obviously make more money than her what are you talking about like she already that ship that river bus has sailed my friend like the river bus is on Mummy's on the river
0: boat and she's gone without you again (laughs) He puts her up in one of the vacation rentals called the Hideaway because he doesn't. He obviously doesn't want to take her to the family earldom. I don't know what do you call an earl's house. I didn't want to look it back up in the book. Uh, you call it uh, Tresillion Hall, I think, is what you call it. <laughs> okay, ooh, I gotta remember that one. See, I kept in my when I was writing up my notes, I kept wanting to say the big house, and I was like, no, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Maxim buys Alicia clothes, he shows her the seaside, he takes her shooting in this weird, like, Chekhov's gun, but it starts in the third act and ends in the fifth act. <laughs> or no, maybe it starts in the third act and ends in the third act. No, I was gonna say it starts in the, well, yeah, I
1: think it starts in the third act and ends in the fifth act, but only if this was a weird experimental checkoff play, where after the fifth act, the curtain rises back up and they do another two acts.
0: Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> Uh, And then and then suddenly the gun is the main character. Oh man. Basically he treats her real good, and then they have sex for a third of this book. Which that was fine. It wasn't It was fine. It's just you know. It was it was sex. My only thing that I was like a little questionable. Was when he started, like. Was it music to my dick? Now he was going to perform the act of Canalingus, Mm -hmm. but before he did it with his mouth, he first did it with his nose. Yes! Oh my (laughs) god! Long enough to make her almost come, which I was like, what are you doing down there? Because she's standing, I think, in this scene, and he's kneeling in front of her, just like poking her with his nose. I mean,
1: I don't really think the nose is the most effective tool to, like, go as hardcore as he was going. I think if you're, like, getting down and dirty, you might, like, kind of experiment and, like, maybe for a second or two, like, try to do that.
0: Do a one. or something. But it wouldn't
1: be, like your, like, your intro, right?
0: <laughs> like. Except. Except that he, like, went with that for a while. Like, was, that was almost his main course. I feel like this is, because
1: I think, was this in his viewpoint or hers? Because I think it was hers, right? His. I thought it was hers. I think it was his. Let's there's see. there's a couple I don't that are in his and there's again. a couple that are in hers. Because I was going to say, I feel like if this was in her viewpoint, we could make the case that he's over there thinking, you know what? She doesn't know, like, anything about sex. I'm going to rub my nose on her clit and make her think that's a thing.
0: <laughs> I can do anything I want. Like, he was just kind of fucking with her with this one. Oh, my God. <laughs> but just, like, after the first time they had sex, he says, I finally laid my daily. Like, come mm. on, dude. No, friend. Give it a rest. I don't know. So they have they have so much sex that she's, like, very sore, and they have to take a break from the sex, when they have more sex. It's a lot of sex. And everything is wonderful and idyllic and sexy until Maxim gets a call that his flat in London has been burgled. Mm. And he has to go up to the big house. He has to go to the, to Tr- Tr- was it, Tresillian? Tresillian? Tresillian Hall um, in order to deal with this bad bit of business. And he leaves Alicia on her own because he doesn't want her to know he's an Earl yet. And while he's away Skyping with his lawyer what do they call him not lawyers in the uk but uh, solicitors yeah and he's like skyping with his solicitor and eating breakfast with his staff alicia's alicia's human traffickers come back and try to kidnap her which i guess how did they get that information so assumably and this is never 100 percent clarified but assumably they're the ones that burgled his flat yeah so
1: they looked at his mail And it was, like, redirected from that cottage by Tresillion
0: Hall. Wait. He had mail? What? Is this a thing that you actually read in the book or are you making this up? I just made this up. Okay. (laughs) I
1: was like, wait, that makes no sense. But, like, maybe it was, like, they looked at his shit. Well, because they took his computer, right? So they're also computer hackers, of course.
0: Oh, they could look at his email, And so they probably,
1: I mean... They probably just looked at his yeah, shit and were like, oh, sense. he's this guy. This is probably where he is because he's, like, an earl and his shit's yeah. public.
0: Yeah, because they're supposed to they are supposed to own a shit ton of property right. or something. And so I was just like, how did they get lucky and just find Well, I think the right this
1: one? is maybe the main one. So, like, they started here. I don't know. Yeah.
0: So they show up. And, and then I don't remember how Maxim finds out that they're there. Um...
1: Fuck, let me think
0: she's getting beat up by them. Uh-huh. And, and then he, like, has a sudden, like, he rushes there, and then the two staff members follow him. But I don't remember... Is it that he figures out that they were probably the
1: burglars? <laughs> He's like, oh, shit, that means she's in danger? Is that what it is?
0: Oh, they came up to the big house first. They came up to Tresalian Hall. And the guy is like... Oh, yeah, Some okay. Rough-looking Eastern European types were here, sir is what he says, and uh, okay. he's like, oh no, they're the bad guys, and he rushes off, and he makes it back just in time to save Alicia. He takes one of the shotguns that was the aforementioned checkoff shotgun, and um, he threatens the men at gunpoint and ties them up and has one of his staff members take Alicia up to... <laughs> Sorry, the instinct is just to say the big house every time. Take them up to Tresillian... Hall. (laughs) Yep. And she still doesn't know that he's an Earl, so this is, like, a big plot point. They call the cops, get the human traffickers arrested, and the cops mention that they want to interview Alicia, and Maxim was like, oh, I gotta take her back to London so the cops don't find out she's here illegally. But meanwhile, back at the house, Maxim's housekeeper lady, Danny, uh, spills the beans about Maxim being an Earl, which, like, I don't know. The way she does it, she was like, oh my lord and she's like what do you mean lord and she's like oh he didn't tell you no didn't tell me what well he's the earl like i don't know it's just
1: like a very stupid well here's the thing i think danny was out for blood
0: i think she danny wanted was her to know.
1: done with his shit and wanted to fuck up his relationship because uh-huh. and this is my point earlier i said that he treats women poorly there is a part of this book where he is on the phone with danny his longtime servant who like helped raise him and who he has known for his like entire life. Yes. And he's like on the phone arranging shit. And this is after he meets Alicia and like becomes a better man and whatever. And she's like in the middle of a sentence and he hangs up on her. So (laughs) he's an asshole. (laughs) And Danny was like, I'm a fuck with him a little bit.
0: (laughs) Don't you know? He's the Earl of Trev... Trevithick. Trevithick. I'm going to say it really quickly so you don't know how I pronounced it. (laughs) He's the Earl of Trevithick.
1: Probably like one of those British words that like looks one way and it's not pronounced like that at all. Like, for example, in this book, I came face to face with my least favorite word of all time. Well, not even word, name of a place which is a name of a thing that even though I have heard it approximately 8 million times, I will never remember. It oh, like will not stick in my river? head. That
0: river? Yeah, that river. <laughs> that river, uh, I always think about it too. Is it Thames? I think it's Thames, but I... Is it Thames?
1: I, <laughs> I'm like, I feel like every time I say it, I'm turning it into Tim's too much. And I don't think that's right. Thames. I don't think it's Tim's, but it's not... Tames. Tim Tams. Is it Tim Is this the
0: river Tim Tams?
1: I know it's not the way it
0: looks, which is Thames. And that's just Thames. wrong. Thames. But... <laughs> please, please, call me Thames. <laughs> I'm an adult now. <laughs> I'm a big boy river, mummy. Tim was my name as a youth.
1: I'm a big <laughs> river now, full of river buses. And you know what, mother?
0: I will take myself on the on the river bus. <laughs> Oh Jesus! Well, I was trying to think of so like in the most recent Cormoran Strike book, they had the family name. It was spelled Cheswick, but they made a point yeah. of saying, "Oh, it's pronounced Cheswick." And so I was like, maybe if it's like <laughs> I don't know.
1: there's a lot of those like in Britain, you know, where yeah. English is it's the Queen's English and totally correct, where the words just don't at all sound like the way they're spelled and we're just too stupid too stupid as Americans too stupid
0: Americans here we
1: don't do it right
0: yeah so you know I know you're listening Sam just let me know (laughs) please tips
1: (laughs) please do not tell me how to pronounce that river because I I know I've heard it a million times it's never gonna stick it's famous it's famous
0: Alicia finds out that Maxim is an Earl and she is a little bit troubled by this. She gets it into her mind that because Maxim is an Earl, he can't really have any feelings towards her and will dump her as soon as he gets bored with her and a new flavor of the week comes along. And that's why he didn't tell her about his title because he was going to surprise dump her. And she thinks that it would be better to leave than to be asked to leave. So she tries to sneak out of the house, but she gets lost because it's so big.
1: Which again, girl, you knew he had money. Like, this is new information. I mean, like, yeah, the title, like, whatever, that's new. But, like, if your concern is, like, oh, we're in a different social class, he'll never, uh, he'll never, like, really want to be with me, like, long term because his class won't accept me. Like, you knew you were in a different social class before.
0: Very true. Like,
1: you were wearing hand me down jumpers from <laughs> a 14 year old. <laughs> and he's bought you a thousand pounds worth of clothes. Like you knew this.
0: <laughs> I I don't understand. So she saw, he has this tattoo that is his family's crest and she's seen it. And she's like, oh, look at that tattoo. It's like the flag of Albania. And he's like, yep, not going to tell you what it signifies. The tattoo she sees everywhere in this town that his family owns. Why wouldn't you be like, why is your tattoo like that thing? And why is it everywhere? Are you that thing? <laughs> I mean, I could see like her
1: thought being the tattoo is a symbol of this town and he's from this town. So he got the tattoo, mm-hmm. right? Like not Maybe. like, but the thing that really, I think, pushes the tattoo thing into just like hilarious territory for me. Is that the first time she sees the tattoo, she's like, it's so intricate. She could only make out a wing. I'm like, that doesn't sound very intricate. That sounds like it's probably, like, not a good tattoo. It's <laughs> the opposite can, of intricate. <laughs> if, like, you can, you're looking straight at it, and you're like, oh, it's something with a wing? I don't know. Could be a plane, maybe? Could be, like, a raven? I don't know. I don't know. But, like, does not recognize it as a two-headed eagle. So I'm like, is it a good tattoo, or is it, like, a poking stick? Like, what's the deal, my friend?
0: has it blurred a little bit like did he do it himself yeah. in boarding school? he needs to get it
1: touched up yeah
0: and like he himself says that like it's just a not dumbed down but it's like a less elaborate version of the crest so it's already like a not elaborate version of something that is elaborate i don't know <laughs> like crests aren't that elaborate like they're pretty yeah they're, they're usually pretty it's just like a shield and then some sort of badly drawn animal because were most of them invented at a time when it was like the monks right. were drawing shit on whatever scraps <laughs> of paper they how had.
1: To, how to an- how to draw animals. They were just That's like, true. They didn't know horns. what they looked like. I guess it's a deer.
0: Here's seven legs. I don't know. Um Alicia's lost in the house. And at this point you think, oh yeah, great. It's gonna like the tension is gonna ramp up again because she um is going to like sneak out and they're gonna like someone's gonna find her and try to human traffic her again but no maximum finds her and apologizes for lying and they both confess their love to each other and that's probably where the book should have ended right
1: that's what the book should have ended yeah Yeah, that was a great ending for the book i think there were still like a lot of threads that were um left hanging Uh but most of those threads didn't get resolved anyway so
0: they added more threads if possible
1: I mean, that the next thread, the next major thread was already an established thread, but it wasn't an established thread in a way that I was like, I need to know what happens with this. Yes. Because I thought it was resolved. I was like, well, she's away from that, so that's fine. Yes.
0: That was the whole point of the start of this book.
1: <laughs> yes. But, so this book could have ended right there. I thought they were going to confess their love, and then we were going to get a happily ever after epilogue, which is a very common thing in romances, where... They've just gotten married and she's settling into being like a Earless or whatever. Countess. Um, and she's like, yeah, that thing. <laughs> See, that doesn't make sense though, because isn't there a count? Like, so there's Count and there... Countess, and then there's Earl and again. I did look again. it up. Why did they why Yeah, did they do there's that? like no female
0: form for Earl. Dumb. According to Wikipedia. She she's an Earl Arena. Um Yeah, Earl Arena. I like that. So
1: and she's like giving performances in her piano and he started a charity for human trafficking victims and has found purpose in his life and i'm like oh cool like that's where this is gonna go no no
0: nothing like that nope in fact this book goes on for probably like 200 pages more i think maybe less they have more sex and then they go back to london
1: we also don't really get a resolution of the caroline thing right Because it's like, Caroline is...
0: Not... not, Like, they have that argument. And then she, like, runs out, and she's like, I'm sorry for all the mean things I said. You better go chase after Alicia. Why is any of this in this book? Yeah, it was so (laughs) unnecessary. I don't care. We have sex traffickers to deal with. It didn't... The whole Caroline thing could have just been cut. Yeah. We didn't have to have anything with Caroline in it, but... No. Anyway, so... The reason, when they go back to London, Maxim decides that he needs to go see Caroline, who has been texting and calling him nonstop um, since the death of Kit, the Earl, and he leaves Alicia alone because they assume it's safe because they've arrested the human traffickers. And while Maxim is over at Caroline's telling her that he's in love with Alicia, and Caroline having a very bad reaction to this alicia decides it is safe to leave the flat by herself and goes to the grocery store to buy food and she is confronted by the man her father was going to force her to marry back in Albania. and again there's just so much here that could also have been cut the man forces alicia to follow him back home Alicia leaves a note for max to let him know the situation but the whole time this whole scene where she is being taken back against her will we're given these like weird characterizations this man that we've been kind of like taught to hate through the whole book Mm as this violent awful man is suddenly given these traits where he's a little bit like he cares for Alicia and he says he loves her and he's like pampering her a little bit and making sure that she's taken care of and also abusing her physically and emotionally at the same time and it's just like this weird juxtaposition it's like why couldn't we have just left this bad guy 100% bad like we understand this is not a situation she wants to be in why did you try to like layer this in some weird complexity I don't I didn't understand it I think it's
1: like supposed to be like oh even people who are abusive can be charming sometimes it just doesn't land at all because it's like we already have that object lesson with the fact that like alicia was because we get the backstory of their courtship i guess you could say and alicia tells us that he was like charming at first and not an asshole and then it kind of all came out as like time went on Um, And then we also have, like, Alicia's mother's relationship, which we get little glimpses of, that she's in an abusive relationship with Alicia's father. Yeah. You know, like, her mother still stays in that relationship for various reasons because of, like, culture and whatever, and we don't really have time to get into that because we only have a 100-some pages left in this book, and we're not going to do anything interesting with it.
0: Um, Exactly. It's just, like, there's nothing at stake here. Like, we already know this is a bad guy. We know the situation is not good. Why do you have to try and like play this game where we're like, oh, maybe it would be fine if she stayed to live with this guy, you know? It's, like, there's no lesson to be learned here.
1: I feel like, again, it was very 80s romance novel where, like, in the 80s, like, a slightly toned-down version of this guy would be the hero, right? Like, where he'd be like... Yes. Like, maybe not straight-up, like, punching her out and stuff, but he'd be like oh Alicia I love you so ardently you can't play the piano for these other men I won't allow it like that sort of thing that yes, vibe that yes. is like a you know past romance hero vibe so I feel I must like keep you to myself I feel like this is kind of like E.L. James being like I get it guys that's not okay anymore <laughs> Uh, <laughs> and it's like yeah el james we all we got get that it.
0: memo like you didn't need to do this it's 2019 el james we know <laughs> it was stupid it was just this long drawn out thing where alicia was being dragged across the continent. And juxtaposed by these scenes where Maxim's like, "I'm patiently sitting in my business class seat of the airline, and isn't it a bother I had to fly commercial? I couldn't get a private jet. I'm gonna post some pictures on Instagram." Like,
1: and then then it goes back to Alicia, and it's like she's standing up to her captor and slapping him because he's trying to kiss her, and he slaps her back, and he's like, "Get in the bed," and she's like, "I will never be yours." And then it goes back to Maxim, and he's like. I think I'll have an egg salad sandwich for lunch. Yes, like, they're like going out doing? for drinks,
0: and then oh and then back this is to the juxtaposition. Her, it is so. Her betrothed is like trying to force himself on her, and then like yes. having to stuff her in the trunks of cars so that she can get past checkpoints because she lost her passport to the human traffickers. It's just like there is <laughs> there is a huge difference in these narratives. There's one I would like to read about, as bad as it is, and one that just doesn't even need to exist. (laughs) I just, and I mean, like, you don't need maxims, right?
1: And the fact that it's there ruins any tension that this has. Because, again, it's like, we're like, okay, so he's going. He's going to get there first. It's going to be fine. And, like, it's just, it's, it's so dumb all of his stuff i'm like none of this you could have again it's too much detail you could have just had him trying to figure out a way to get there panicking and whatever all Mm -hmm. alicia's point of view she shows up at the house (gasps) who's there it's maxim which like okay that would seem kind of stupid too but like at least you wouldn't have these weird tonal shifts every like four paragraphs where it's going from like abuse and kidnapping to huh, I wonder wonder if the hotel got my luggage. (laughs) It's like the definition of first world problems.
0: (laughs) Maxim gets to Albania. He meets Alicia's parents. He asks their permission for him to marry Alicia. They're like, nah, man, she's betrothed. And then Alicia and her betrothed arrive at the parents' house while Maxim is there. And Maxim gets into a punch fight. (laughs) With the betrothed, because he sees like the signs of abuse, the physical abuse. Well,
1: first Alicia tells everyone, and then she's like, and also, and shows them like very dramatically. Because first she does the fun trickaroo where she yes, says in she Albanian, tricks,
0: yeah, she tells everyone that she's pregnant with Maxim's baby, as if that would diffuse the situation here, <laughs> like.
1: Well, I mean, like, I don't know if if she's so much trying to defuse it as much as, because she knows she's, this is what I'm saying. I like Alicia. I think Alicia is smart at, mm-hmm. at this moment, because I think she knows that it's not going to end with someone getting killed, because she very smartly removed the bullets from the dude's gun earlier in their travels. Yeah, the follow-up um, to the
0: Chekhov's gun. <laughs>
1: yeah, very good work, Alicia. And she knows that her parents are going to side with the betrothed, like, end of story right so like the only thing that could get her out of it would be hey I already fucked this other dude you don't want me now anyway (laughs) so like and also I'm pregnant with this kid so (sighs) I think it's actually like I thought it was a pretty smart move I think that all of Maxim's bullshitting with it where like because she's like I'm pregnant with his baby And also he beats the crap out of me and like shows them her neck. And he's like, you and like goes to punch fight him. And I'm like, dude, just chill. Like, just chill for like five minutes. I know he's a bad dude and we want to kill him. But like, just chill. Because like, that's not the priority. The priority is not showing what like a tough manly man you are. It's getting this girl out of the situation. Like, stop escalating. Mm -hmm. Like,
0: just chill. (laughs) (laughs) Let's make everything worse. So that Alicia's dad has to pull his gun down from the wall and aim it at you.
1: The third Chekhov's gun in this.
0: Yes. Why? Okay. So the thing that kind of like smooths everything over um, is when Maxim reveals that he is an Earl and that Alicia will become a countess. It's kind of like the salve that fixes everything. Because the dad was all like, you've shamed me and you've shamed my family and blah, blah, blah. Why didn't he just leave with that? Like, hello, I'm the Earl of Dresden and I am in love with your daughter and I want to make her my countess. Here is my tattoo of my coat of arms. <laughs> my,
1: my thought would be, if I'm, if I'm trying to actually like rationalize this, from his perspective, it wouldn't make sense. From a narrative perspective, I think it does. Because I think if he had led with that, the parents' response would still be, well, too bad we already promised her to someone else. So mm. she has to get out of that betrothal somehow. Because that's ultimately the thing, right? The guy is like, I don't want her anymore. Like he's the one Mm -hmm. who breaks the betrothal, so like Uh from that perspective, it's like if he had led with that, then they wouldn't have the trump card to play at the end after she Mm -hmm. plays her little trick. I guess I still think from like an actual human being. So from an author perspective, I'm like, yeah, I guess that's the only way it would work. From an actual human being perspective, I think you would probably lead with that.
0: like you would want to flaunt that i would think in this situation but <laughs> he's like i, I want know. my new in-laws to love me for me i don't want them to love me for my wealth i won't tell them i'm an earl just like i almost didn't tell my fiance i was an earl oh, Jesus. <laughs> i also liked how then the betrothed is like you haven't heard the last from me and he leaves like <laughs> yeah there's like this real huge concern that he's going to kill her parents now for me because he is a big bad mafioso type. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I I would assume if this is the last book of the Mr. Series, which it does not seem that E.L. James know, has a like definitive plan to write a sequel. Like she hasn't said like, oh, there's going to be a sequel. But she's like, eh, I might write a sequel. There
0: could be a sequel.
1: If there is a sequel, it will 100% be about this guy showing up in London and killing everyone um, or attempting to. <laughs> if there's not, I think what we can assume happens is that Alicia invites her mother to come stay with them for the wedding and then the mom just stays in England. And the dad can go to hell and die.
0: That's fine. (laughs) Dad demands that they get married in Albania in a week's time. And Maxim's like wow I didn't expect it to happen that fast. And then I don't know I guess we're just going to ignore all the legal ramifications of this. Anyway it's all it's all like the ending of this book to me is a little bit too uh, unrealistic a little bit too happily ever after Mm -hmm. um but then it just ends with elisa sneaks into the guest room which okay first of all least sexy place to have sex is at your parents house i think i'm sure you could think of a less sexy place
1: oh the same bed as them same bed as them that'd be bad also grandparents (laughs) apartment
0: ah very also yes at the nursing home (laughs) gross (laughs) Also gross uh they have sex one more time and declare their love for each other the end
1: yay (laughs) so how did this do as an example of new adult for you
0: i think it definitely and again this is my stereotypical view of what the new adult genre is it definitely ticked the boxes of like there's lots of sex Mm-hmm. between young adults well mm-hmm. ugh, i don't want to say young adults and new adults <laughs> and there was like i like i said at the beginning there was kind of like this hint of we're becoming the adults who we were meant to be sort of thing so like alicia learns to stand up for herself and be more assertive and western and maxim learns how to be nice to a woman
1: just the one i guess not all of
0: them just one yeah he hates all the rest of them and so, I guess to me, that was kind of like that's what I expected from a new adult book. But this, I think, was a very bad example of any book.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, as we move forward in the new adult genre, what, uh, what, um, what would you
0: not want yeah, to see so
1: in I, further new adult books?
0: I don't know. This book again. There's just so much wrong with this book in particular that it's hard to separate what I would want to have better about like the genre or what I would like to fix about the genre I guess mm-hmm. or what I would like to find I think to me the thing I and maybe this is just me and this is like probably a kink that I am not into is kind of the developing sexuality, I guess I prefer a more mature sexual relationship where everybody knows what they like and it's more equal. I don't really like this idea of one person being very sexually experienced and one person and then having to like break in the other person. That's not my kink. Um, And I know that does work for a lot of people. So I'm not like shitting on that. That's just not what I like. And I think I would also like and this is gonna sound weird i think i would like more drama within the relationships Mm. between people i feel like what this book missed was just that everyone kind of got along and there was a little bit with caroline and his mom where he had some bad moments with them but for the most part everyone was just like friends (laughs) also they were bad human traffickers that's not good (laughs) but (laughs) But yeah, I don't know, just, like, more interpersonal relationships. Would you say the people in this book were a little too black and white and were perhaps
1: missing some shades of gray?
0: (laughs) I hate to say yes, but that is exactly (laughs) what I mean. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, I think the same same problem in this happened in when we read Was it Nevermore? by Anna Todd, Which is everyone was so bland. Okay. And I That's know that this is like we're this this not no longer a teenager phase is still like you go through a lot more shit. And I know I understand teenagers have a very hard time. Like there's a lot of hormones and a lot of new things you're experiencing with your bodies. But then when you get to this <laughs> new adult age, I feel like there's a whole bunch. She's like no one really struggled with anything other than the fact that there's this very serious human trafficking element to this book and like there was like i just wanted more more human because i know human Got trafficking it. does happen i wanted i wanted more of a more uh, relatable experiences there you go okay. and more river buses Yes, infinitely more river buses <laughs> on the River Thames.
1: <laughs> okay. All right. Um, something something for me to keep in mind
0: as we move forward. Yeah. And also like no college campus stuff maybe.
1: <laughs> the next book is not necessarily going to address these concerns. It's just going to flesh out our understanding of the new adult genre, hopefully.
0: Yes. Yes, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. Yeah, something. uh, Yeah, that is something that I'm not really into campus novels. mm. I'm into. Weirdly, I'm into boarding school novels, not into campus novels. (laughs) I can't explain the difference. That is weird. I don't. Other than that, undergrads are gross. I'm Uh, sorry if you're an undergrad. Yeah, you know. I just think undergrads are gross. Undergrads are gross, (laughs)
1: unlike those hot 17 year olds. What?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know what? My tastes are. What is it he says in Fifty Shades of Grey? Very particular tastes. <laughs> a particular
1: set of tastes.
0: <laughs> they kept
1: They're giving us the Fifty Shades of Grey teas in this book too, because there was a room that she wasn't allowed in for the first part of the book. But then it was just like,
0: oh my god, I know! <laughs> I was like, that's where the whips that's, and chains that's are. That's where the
1: kinky stuff is. And he used like handcuffs on one of his uh, first like hookups. Yeah. But no, yeah. it was just his photography dark room.
0: Also, parting shot. We didn't even really talk about the um, problems with Maxim's views on Albania. There was like Albanian racism in this book. And also just the struggles of someone learning English as a second language. I...
1: Yeah, I hated it.
0: Did not care for the way that the mister kept correcting her English, even after asking her, which he doesn't ask her for a very long time if it's mm-hmm. okay that he's doing this. But just, like, the constant, almost belittling nature of him correcting yeah. English. Like, I, from my experience with people who are um, speaking English as a second language, and, again, this is not going to be everyone's experience across the board, but they found that pretty rude when people do that to them. And so I just thought that this was very, like, not own voices in this
1: yeah. instance. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: And just the way that, like, Maxim kept referring to Albania as some, like, backwards shithole country. Like, wow.
1: It was rough. Again, I, we really didn't even super get into, like, the social commentary of this book, but it is yeah. all bad. So, you know, it's just.
0: It, yeah, it's all extremely bad. Uh, we were just kind of more focused on the new adultness of yeah. this. But yes, please, please don't go away thinking that we. Uh, didn't notice cuz we did.
1: <laughs> I guess kind of moving on from this book. Uh we're not calling it rather be reading anymore cuz hopefully sometimes we like these books. Uh yeah. But do we have any um further reading, any suggested reading, I guess?
0: Yeah, I guess um I again, I don't really have a new adult book to suggest. Um, But I have been reading a romance series lately, um, the Parasol Protectorate series by Gail Mm. Carriger, Kind of like a steampunk paranormal romance series about a woman who has, who is soulless and her touch turns paranormal beings into mortals and Mm. she falls in love with an alpha werewolf and lots of bad things seem to be happening to her in every book. But they're very good. She's like very plucky sort of gal. So if you like romances, this is a lot of romance. Not se- not a lot of sex on the page, but a lot of mention of sex. That can be
1: better sometimes.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially if there are
1: noses involved. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Um, I've
1: got a couple this week. I kind of mentioned earlier that... Um, like I think it's possible to do romances with high-stake stuff going on in the background, mm. and yeah. one of the authors I wanted to shout out for that, who I've been reading a lot of recently, is um, Alyssa Cole, who mm-hmm. writes. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, she's written the the Reluctant Royal series and the Loyal League, which is the one that I want to talk about real quick, um, which is a romance novel series of romance novels set in the civil war times um and features this league of people trying to spy on confederate forces and bring them to their knees Ooh, cool. um so it's great fun but also very serious sometimes but it's handled in a way that the book overall is still light and fluffy and uh doesn't bum you out hardcore it's just like
0: huh, that's awesome
1: yeah um it's a it's a fun a fun story about slavery like this book tried to be but failed in many ways <laughs> um, and i also oh, wanted yikes. to shout out this is i think the first time i want to talk about a non-fiction book
0: Ew, non-fiction. i know it's
1: not my usual thing but i'm trying to read more and it just really reminded me of this book this kind of dynamic of this like richer guy and a poor woman and how that plays out um how to create the perfect wife Britain's most ineligible bachelor and his enlightened quest to train the ideal mate by Wendy Moore um, which is the true story of Thomas Day who was a British writer and enlightenment thinker who came up with this idea to uh, get a young girl from a poor house and train her to be his wife. And it goes very, very poorly for him. Um Not quite as poorly as I kind of hoped going into it, but it doesn't work out very well for him. And it's an interesting kind of like look at how these like enlightenment thinkers who we usually are like, Oh, they're so ahead of their time. There was a lot of trial and error, and some of their ideas weren't very good. And also, um, the story <laughs> is has inspired like a lot of fiction stories, including, in part, um, George Bernard Shaw, Pygmalion. He drew from the Thomas Day story, ah. which, of course, inspired My Fair Lady. Those were both based on an earlier myth, but they both um, reference uh, the story of Thomas Day, who, again, was a real person who was an idiot and did this stuff.
0: Interesting. yeah
1: more of a real literally realistic view of how these sort of um very unequal relationships go hmm.
0: too bad i don't like to read nonfiction.
1: fair enough <laughs> um all right so next fortnight we are going to be reading a mission. oh gosh did we ask her if we can use her full name I don't think we should use her full name, right? We have it, but we'll just go with Brooke. From Brooke. Uh, we should probably uh, not use her full name. Let's just say yeah, we probably time. shouldn't use your full name. Um, so from Brooke, hey, Brooke, what's up? Uh, she suggested this, like, basically half a year ago, right when we were planning on going on our hiatus. So thank you if you are still listening to this podcast, which hopefully you are. We are finally getting to your book. Yes. <laughs> but she wrote in, and she suggested Black Ice by Becca, P- Becca Fitzpatrick, and she said... Um, personally I really enjoyed Fitzpatrick's other novels and Black Eyes has a ton of great reviews however the main character and the rest of the characters are atrociously annoying and inept. the plot drags on in places and to summarize it's a book about a girl learning that she can be strong and independent and not depend on a man by totally relying and depending on a man I would love to hear your discussion on the matter um so yeah that's gonna be our (laughs) next book we'll have to see if we agree with the uh reviewers or if we agree with Brooke it's seems like some stuff we might have a problem with but who knows
0: absolutely
1: <laughs> um and then because we yeah, are doing things a little bit differently now i can tell you guys if you want to be reading along with stuff the episode after that we're going to be doing the start of the cyberpunk unit um which is my first unit uh with neuromancer by william gibson so yes. yeah yes
0: which is a lot shorter than I thought it yes. was. Like, I thought it was this huge chunk of a doorstop of a book. Nah, it's a, it's like it's a little boy. 200 pages something. It's very short. You should definitely... That will be, like, a month from now, so you definitely have time to keep read along with us.
1: Um. Okay, <laughs> so speaking of reading along with us and interacting with us, we alluded to this last episode. We have a s- fun... Oh, I didn't like that S there. We have a fun merch giveaway. <laughs> <That's> fun. <laughs> so fun shut up because i'm cutting that um
0: are you having fun thamas on your river bus
1: um we're gonna be doing a merch giveaway we have merch and by merch i mean stickers because we're poor Uh,
0: but (laughs) But if you buy our stickers we won't be
1: (laughs) well but you can't because you can't actually buy these stickers they're limited edition stickers That we are only, as of right now, we only have plans to give away. um, And we would like to give them to you all. We have four different designs and the way this is going to work, to get some free stickers from Shelf Aware, all you have Mm -hmm. to do is one of two things or both things. Hold on, I'll explain. (laughs) No, tell me now. I'm working on it. You can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Any type of review. If you want to trash us, that would be very weird that you would do that and then request stickers from us, but we will accept that. Um, So any (laughs) sort of review, preferably five-star, but any review will do. Or you can talk about us to your friends. So that can be like on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook. We don't have a Facebook, but if you want to talk about us on Facebook, that's fine. If you want to text your friends and send us a screen cap of that text, that's fine. Anything in which you are mm-hmm. telling a friend or the world at large about this podcast will count. So do that, review, share, and then email us and say, hey, I did this or that. I did it. I did it. Yay me. <laughs> and if you do one of those things, you will get the new logo sticker, the Shelfware logo, and your choice of one of the other three designs. If you do both of those things, you get all four of the stickers. Four stickers! And a thank you note wow, from wow, me. Wow, wow. So that'll be fun for you to read my handwriting. It's yes. very bad.
0: Because we don't live in the same place. Like, I guess I could send you some things that I wrote. That's a lot of stuff. And steps. mail them to you to mail to other people.
1: <laughs> I'm going to be trying to Maybe. turn these around quickly. If you really want Anna to write you the note. Include that in the email and we will make that happen. Um, and we will be doing yeah. this giveaway. I'll
0: draw a picture. Uh, fine, I'll draw a
1: fucking picture too. Fuck off. No, I- <laughs> I'll i draw two pictures. God damn it. I can't possibly <laughs> compete with that. Uh, <laughs> two pictures. Um, anyway, we're going to be doing this giveaway either until we get to 100 reviews on Apple Podcasts or until we run out of stickers, whichever one comes first. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so, so join in with that. And you can email us this information at our brand new email address. Ooh. Shelfawarecast at gmail.com. You can also uh, tweet at us at Shelfawarecast on the Twitters. And I believe at this point our Instagram handle will also hopefully be changed to at Shelfawarecast. But if it's different, we'll let you know on Twitter. Yeah, we're... Um,
1: Hopefully uh, by the time you guys are hearing this, everything has been updated. We're probably gonna be
0: doing that this week. Um, so yeah, hopefully everything. Yeah, the same, we'll but... probably tweet out some stuff. Uh, yeah, so we'll have all of our new handles, so um, we can still be reached if you if you are in the future listening to old episodes of. hate read you can still reach us at that email everything's going to the same inbox so don't fret we have all your emails still and we will not ignore anyone that wants to talk to the anna and m of hate read past
1: yeah um, oh oh also i should say since we're talking about of the past if you have already left us a review or tweeted about us and you want to get your hands on some stickers hit us up that counts like We love you and support your endeavors (laughs) in talking about us.
0: Yes. Yes. We recognize your hard work to let people know about us. So, you know, you want some stickers.
1: We'll post the sticker designs on Twitter and Instagram. um, Probably like uh, the day after this episode airs. So you can check them out.
0: Yeah. So you can be tempted. Mm. Um, As always, thank you to Ben Cope for the use of our theme song. You can find a link to his YouTube channel in our show notes below. And we are still on all your favorite podcast aggregating platforms, still the same RSS feed. But if you're new here and you haven't subscribed to us yet, you definitely should because you'll want to do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got for that one. (laughs) I thought I was going to go somewhere better, um, but my brain stopped working. Oh my God. In the words of E.L. James, breaking in a virgin is a big responsibility. It's a tough job, but someone has to do it. Might as well be me. (laughs) So gross. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like there's probably some paperwork they would need to fill
1: out. Yeah, but there's paperwork with
0: any wedding. You know. (laughs) I suppose. Do they do same day marriage certificates in Albania?
1: <laughs> I cannot speak to that, having never been married in Albania.
0: <laughs> Neither have I, unfortunately. I uh, guess I guess if you have been, let us know. Yeah, hit us up. Um